VA Health and Benefits, official mobile app for VA Health and Benefits. VA's official mobile app is a smarter, more convenient way for veterans to manage and carry their VA Health and Benefits information. One veteran notes, I went into my local hardware store and logged into my VA mobile app. A quick glance at my phone showed them I was a veteran and I was able to get the veteran discount without any paperwork. It was easy and convenient. Download the app via the Apple Store at https colon forward slash forward slash apple dot co forward slash three uppercase j lowercase b lowercase k nine uppercase o lowercase l or download the app via the Google Play Store at https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash 3 uppercase Q 5 lowercase Q 9 uppercase L 5 Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, all veteran-owned businesses, Simper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. And it's a great time I'm going to have for you. Not only are we talking to a Marine, which is always awesome. We're talking to a Marine who served where I serve, which is even awesome, more awesome. And then this Marine has his own business. And it's really, really cool. We'll get into that. I want to welcome Marine veteran Tony Riggs, business owner to Oscar Mike Radio. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Travis. I appreciate it. It was great, kind of cool meeting up with you. We talked, you know, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what you did and, you know, how your your military uh, story went down. And then we're like, oh, my God, he served in Yuma. And I'm like, yeah, I served in Yuma. And we're both like, yeah, we both served in Yuma. So kind of tell the folks here, you don't have to tell us the whole story if you don't want to, but kind of tell us of your Marine Corps story and, of course, your time at MCA, MCAS Yuma, Arizona. Well, I, I, my, I, I got out of Marine combat training um, and after boot camp, and uh, I actually got stationed over, they sent me to Tustin in California. I was like, I'm a, a farm boy from Texas, so I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll get to go to California. Got there like a Friday afternoon, um, hanging out with everybody, thinking, oh, this is going to be so great. Saturday morning, I get a call into the CEO's office. I just turned 18, and the guy's like, um, how do you like the desert? I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's cool. <laughs> so he's like, well, pack your sea bag and, uh, and, uh, you're, you're going to go to the airport. So they put me on this little prop plane. Um, and, uh, I don't know how many seats was on there, four or six seats or something. Sea bag all wet when I landed and everything. Um, and I landed in Yuma, Arizona and, uh, never heard of it. Didn't know. And I just literally thought I landed at the, the gates of hell or something. It was, it was just hot. It was just nothing there. Um, and this was in 1989. So it's obviously grown into a bigger town now, bigger city. Um, and I uh, landed there and, and I was just like, wow. Um, I should have just said, I hate the desert or something. I don't know if it would have made a difference. <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference. It didn't make a difference Probably for me. Right? A difference. <laughs> so but, what, was, uh, what was your MOS? I was a general admin, so 0151. So which means in the Marine Corps, you do whatever they assign you to do. Um, so I did all kinds of things in the Marine Corps from um, being in the Gulf War for classified material deliveries to uh, uh, FARP sites to whatever, whatever they assigned you to. Um, so it was a fun time. I got to, to experience lots of different things and in a lot of different manners. Nice, nice. So you're at Yuma and you know, at the time, is a, that, that would have been big hairier time, right? Yes. Yeah, I was with the 88Bs, uh, VMA 311. Um, okay. Tomcats, which are no longer there. I recently found out um, yeah. they were, they were moved. Um, so it was, 
it was fun watching them, uh, the jump jets and watching them land and uh, take off and, and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, that's that's who we deployed with the first Gulf War was uh, VMA 311. Um, other than that, there wasn't much in Yuma at the time. A bunch of car dealerships around the base, which is usual <laughs> for Marine Corps bases, um, actually any military base. Um, but um, I remember there was there, there was a bowling alley in there. And actually, the base had a bowling alley. Um, yeah. But now that I, I went back to the base um, last year for the first time in probably 20 plus years, and it was completely different. Um, it looked uh, much more inviting and friendly um, than when I was there. Well, that that's that's an improvement. I just remember, you know, one, the heat and people talk about, oh, it's a dry heat. I'm like, no, 122 degrees is it, we're past the point where that even matters anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even more so on the flight line. It's even right. hotter. Right. Yeah. Now, did you ever go out to the Imperial Sand Dunes? Um, I've been out to the dunes many times. Uh, out to YPG as well, which is yeah. even probably worse. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it, there were some fun times. Of course, back then I just was a young young kid, so I didn't uh, um, you know didn't have the money to have quads and, <laughs> and motorcycles and go right. out there and, and play around. But but it was a fun time. How long did you stay in the Marine Corps? Um, I spent six years. Okay. So I finished up and uh, after the Gulf War came back, was in Yuma for a little bit longer and then um, got got uh, orders to um, headquarters Marine Corps in Washington, D.C. And my claim to fame is I believe I got the last actual official Western Union telegram um, from the Marine Corps <laughs> telling me to change my location to Quantico. So um, actually came just like in the movie um, uh, Back to the Future where he a yellow folded uh, telegram. And it was pretty cool. Um, I wish I would have kept it. And I may still have it, but uh, but that's my claim to fame. Well, how's how's being at Quantico after being in, in Yuma? Big difference. <laughs> Trees, grass, <laughs> weather, uh, four seasons. Um, it was nice. Um, by then, I was already married with child, um, and we had uh, um, we lived when we got stationed Quantico. We lived in the hotel for a month, month and a half. Um, and then we were finally able to get base housing, um, which wasn't very good, but it was still a house nevertheless. And, um, and then just, uh, um, enjoyed the seasons and, and just started having fun, you know, we're a young married couple and, well, with baby. And so, um, it was, it was much better environment weather-wise anyways. So you do your six years and get out now. What was you served overseas? What was it like getting out and get, being a civilian? Even, I mean, you didn't serve 20 years, but you still served mm -hmm. a, a significant length of time, right? What was that transition like? Because, you know, my experience, you know, I'm a little bit behind you, but it's very different now than it was back when we were in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> the transition was pretty much a goose egg. You, you just got out and, um, they, you, you know, you try to figure out what to do, um, you know, uh, where your job would correlate in, in the private sector. So I, I went and looked at, at some of the universities and, and try to figure out correlation and being a general admin, all the correlation was for um, being an administrative clerk. And uh, I'm like, I don't think that this is right for me. I, I had already, by then I had already uh, got into the technology world. And started figuring out that uh, technology is is where I wanted to go. So um, basically, I just um, you had to fill yourself around and and find out um, what would work best for you because um, there certainly wasn't the the transition services you get today or or that are offered. You may not get them. Um, the transition services that are offered today are much greater. Um, but um, yeah, you, I just had to you know put my head down and go forward. There was no no transition really. You talk about going forward as if it was no big deal, but still, I mean, technology was changing back then. Uh, we were rolling up to, you know, Y2K and other things. And it was kind of the wild west, right? I mean, it, it's not like it is now. What was it like trying to navigate, you know, your, your, your father, your husband, you, you're trying to figure your way out. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got the Internet blowing up. What was the feeling like at that time? Yeah, so so while I was in the Marine Corps, um, you know, I was on food stamps, WIC. Um, you don't make a whole lot of money in the Marine Corps, especially way back when. And uh, so I took a part-time job at a computer company in uh, Woodbridge. 
and I was making more part-time than I was full-time in the Marine Corps. Um, and so I, I had already said, you know, like, Hey, let's, let me figure out how to do this. And, and I was already pretty good at talking to people and, and, um, I didn't have a college degree. I didn't go to college. Um, um, I, you know, I graduated from high school, went straight into the Marine Corps. Um, so I, um, had to figure out, um, what would work for me and I wasn't going to go back to school. Um, I wasn't going to go to college period. Um, not that it's not for everybody. It just wasn't for me. So I figured, well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at selling. I actually sold in the Marine Corps. I sold Navy, Navy Marine Corps Relief Society tickets. Um, and I actually got a commandant uh, from, the, from uh, the base commander at uh, Quantico because I had come up with this little pitch where I could list off all the things you could win in like 30 seconds. And so I was like a super fast speaker. And, uh, and so I got recognized by the base commander. I got a letter. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm really good with people. So I started uh, when I got that job at the computer place. Um, I was lucky, very fortunate, uh, because uh, back then you had to sell the computer, build the computer, deliver the computer, collect the payment. So I was very fortunate to <laughs> understand the entire process. Um, but I was still broke. I wish I would have had a lot of money back then because then I would have invested in all these technologies. Um, but, you know, you just... You know, when you have a family and you're married, you keep your head down and, and try to um, grow the family best you can. And, you know, sometimes it takes a lot longer for other people and sometimes it's quicker. And you just, uh, you know, take that Marine Corps model and go forward. I think it's very important to to say it like that, because sometimes you even now with all the things that are available, people get out and it's like, you know, oh, my God, what what am I supposed to do? How do I do this? And it almost like you need a reboot, pun intended, to you know remember, hey, I'm a Marine. I can get through things like this. Mm -hmm. And people lose that sometimes. And you were able to be adaptable. Speaking of adaptability, you reach out to me on LinkedIn and you say, hey, I've got this thing I want to show you. And we get together and you show me this thing. And, you know, you, it's called Spark Alert. And I have the box. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's upside down. Spark alert. We're going to get into yeah. this here in a second. But you know, now, now all kinds of questions open up, Tony. Like, I got to know, like, how do you go from pushing paper to building this? And, like, this is, like, tangible. All kinds of cool stuff inside. So so start telling me the story. I mean, if there's other stuff before that that's great, but this was cool to get. <laughs> yeah. So spark alert. So when COVID started in 2020, so I have three three children, uh, adult children now. Um, and when COVID started in 2020, I, I sat back with my wife and and my kids and I said, hey, listen, I think this is going to last a while. Um, we don't want to sit around. Um, we're going to do some stuff. And so I sat down with my kids and my wife and I said, listen, what, what kind of businesses do you want to start? I know how to start businesses. Um, let's start some businesses. So um, my son and I, we, we um, went to a trade show to look at some new technologies and we said, hey, listen, um, let's, let's, we met a guy there and we said, hey, listen, this sounds really cool. Let's learn about it. I don't know anything about B2C or, or manufacturing products or, or anything like this or security world for that matter. Um, so this was probably um, April of 2020. And so um, what I did with all my businesses, I found a good mentor. Um, so I, I became friends with a mentor, um, didn't try to sell nothing, didn't try to hustle, didn't try to figure out how to get rich overnight. I just asked a lot of questions and I said, listen, how does this all work? How does it, you know, what do we do if this happens? You know, how do, how do, who do we get in contact with? Um, how do we manufacture these things and so on? And um, so the mentorship was really, really great. Um, he was able to teach us tons of things about the industry. Um, so I said, okay, well, we got to come up with a name. So came up with some other names and, and, and figured out uh, what would work for us and finally settled on Spark Alert. Um, then we said, okay, what's, you know, we already knew the problem we wanted to solve. And the problem was that the big, big uh, security companies lock people into one, two, three, four, five year contracts and uh, usually $60 plus per month. And I'm like, well, I lived in apartments. I was in the Marine Corps. We never had security. Well, there's probably a good reason for that. You don't want to get locked into a contract if you moved around a lot. And uh, you don't want to pay $60 a month, you know, especially if you're moving around a lot because, You'll move, not cancel a contract, but you're still paying the $60. And if you cancel the contract, you're paying a big fee there too. Um, so we wanted to keep it simple. And so we just do it for $19.99 a month and it's optional. And you can self-monitor yourself. 
and you can move the product. There's no wires. Um, so we, we saw a problem and we came up with a solution. And then the next thing was like, how do we manufacture these? How do we create the boxes? How do we create the marketing? Um, and that's uh, just all a process and, and uh, get it on Amazon and, and uh, try to get into Walmart and Home Depot and all those things. And these are all processes we have to learn. Um, but, you know, it's, it's comes from an attitude of not trying to get uh, rich overnight, but actually building a company. And that's kind of where we're at. So you're saying there's no shortcuts in this game. <laughs> there's definitely no shortcuts. I mean, people get lucky every now and then. There's luck to some things. But most businesses, there's no shortcuts. It's, you have to work hard to get there. I was going to say, isn't, isn't luck the, 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 the aggregation of hard work and preparation meeting opportunity? That's, That's very what, true. So I'm opening this box and yeah. folks, I got the box and it has like this stuff inside. Oh, oh. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Yep. And I decided for this show, we're not going to like do it all right now, but I don't know. Let's start with say, this thing right here. This looks like a sensor of some kind. Yes. So it has door sensors and window sensors and actually dual purpose. And, and our theory is to keep everything simple and not confuse people and, and try to upsell them or anything like that. But the, the source door sensors and window sensors can be used on anything that you want to monitor opening and closing. Uh, refrigerators, um, sheds, I mean, anything that, that really opens and closes. Um, so that's the door sensors, right? You have the two sides and they got to be close to each other and and so okay. on. it all runs through your app. So I, so I, I had teenage sons. I have teenage sons. So I didn't need to have one ear and one eye open at four o'clock in the morning when they try to sneak in. I could just alarm them. That's correct. You could. <laughs> and then just I had this freaking four years ago, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, you can move them. And, and the beautiful thing about it is 3M tape. So if you move them, you can just get some more 3M tape and stick them up somewhere else if you want. Um, I so, see a 3M tape here now for ladies and yeah. gentlemen. This is really cool. It's it's all right there for you by 3M. Yeah. And I have this little device next that I was like very like, okay, this is just like looks like you just pop it on the on the wall and you're all set. What does this do? Motion sensor. So into a room where you want to have motion. Um, if you had if you added some lights to the system, which this is all Zigbee based, so you can add Zigbee type products to it. No kidding. Um, yeah, and and so if you wanted motion, you could have the light come on. If you want, also for your alarm, if you're out of the house and somebody comes into a window or door that you don't have a sensor on, you could have motion go off. And of course, it's uh, PIR sensitive, so it won't detect your animals crawling around, running around the house, um, unless you have a really really big animal, maybe. Um, but uh, and then that's the hub, the brains of everything. Okay. Um, actually, that has Alexa built into it. No kidding. Um, yeah, so you could use Alexa with it or not, um, but uh, but we felt that that was a good convenience for it, and that's the brains that runs the security system. And uh, there's there's no keypad; everything runs through your phone. Um, you know, it's but, key but, fob. Okay. Yeah, so you could have it on your uh, key, you know, on your keys uh, to your car. Um, enable stuff as you're coming up to your house, or disable, arm your house, um, arm your apartment, and so on. And this last thing, just for everybody's uh, knowledge and application, there's a power block. I'm not going to rip it out of the box yeah. now, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the 3M stickers. I'm using the flow chart on the back. Hang on, let me show everybody. I mean, it's almost, Tony, you almost made it marine proof. <laughs> well. You know, I'm a big fan of the KISS theory, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you had to be with us Lance Corporals around. I mean, right, right. But I'm like, right. hey, this is so simple. A Marine can do it. You mean, you know, I was an air wing Marine, but still, yeah. um, I, I really like the simplicity of it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really, and, and it's one of the things. I, I, I live in, a, in a, an apartment building right now, and, you know, I haven't gotten one of these, although I think I should have one. For that reason, I mean, it's like if you want to put up anything, you got to get it approved. If it does, if it nails into the wall, and if I move, which I'm, you know, hoping to do in the next, you know, couple of weeks, months, whatever, I'm, I'm screwed there. And then, no matter what system I look at, they, Tony, they start at 19.99 and go up. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, it's, it's a sizable, it's a sizable investment. And this is, this is man portable for the, for the rifleman. Yeah. It's um, designed exactly for that. You can, you don't have to nail anything into your walls. I mean, the, the head end is just plugged in just like any other device. And then you, you just stick your stickers wherever you want to want to put them in. Um, you know, you even have glass break options and stuff like that, but, uh, but it's, it's was designed just to, just to solve a problem. And I really was disgusted by, you know, I go on Google and I see the other brands, the big name security brands, and I see nothing but complaints and, uh, you know, contract break fees. And, and this is all month to month. If you want to have security for one month and you're gone on um, deployment for six months, you just don't pay. You just say, you oh, I'm not, I'm not going to have security for these six months or, or I don't know what reason you would, but you know, it's, it's, um, you can do whatever you want, mix and match one month on one month off. Um, so we just want to make some, or don't have any monitoring at all. And you just monitor it yourself. Um, the app is both in the Apple and Google store. So you can, you can download it and, and do everything right from there. So I don't have to use your service if I don't want to, I can use it through my phone. That's I saw correct. the, I saw the apps. So I, was, I was getting ready yeah. to download the app, but you know, it, that was really, really cool. So I was going to ask you, you, you make this thing during COVID, which is kind of, you know, interesting that the, the, my three supporter entities all got started during COVID. What was the response like to this product when it launched? Um, it was, so, so we originally launched this, um, B2C, um, business to consumer. And if you've ever had a business to consumer product product, which this was our first uh, attempt at a business consumer product. It takes a lot of marketing dollars and a lot of effort and uh, a lot of information out to the customer. Um, we've since then pivoted more to B2B um, where we're talking more to apartment complexes um, and uh, military installations and veterans and such, because that's more of a need than just trying to go out and shotgun blanket it to everybody. Um, everybody that, that has it really likes the product, um, really likes the solution, but um, we figured that if we're going to spend a lot of money um, marketing, then we need to charge more. And I didn't think that was appropriate um, because that's not really going to help um, the people who live in apartments, the veterans that are moving from place to place, first responders and teachers and people who don't uh, just make a ton of money, but still want to be safe. And it's not fair that you live in an apartment and you got to go out for work and you leave your kids there and you just don't have security because you can't afford $60 a month and, and be locked into a three-year contract. I just don't think that's appropriate. But for something that's so simple, all the, all the apartment companies use the same monitoring service, basically. Really? Uh, yeah, basically. Um, so why is one so much more than the other? I have no idea, but uh, I suspect that it's a, a lot of overhead. Um, and uh, an overhead with marketing is, is very expensive. So um, I think people like it. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy product to use. And, uh, and we're veteran friendly and, and obviously um, happy to help anybody where they need it. So in fact, in fact, on spousely.com, we offer a, a very uh, deep discount for, for um, that spouse, a veteran spouse uh, marketplace and veterans, uh, and actually anybody can go on there and order, but uh, we offer a very deep discount on our kits. Well, speaking of kits, I'm on sparkalert.com, and I will have this URL, this website, in the Oscar Mike radio show post, and I see three bundles, the starter bundle, uh, the Spark Plus, which is what you know you, you gave to me, thank you very much, and the premium Spark bundle. Now, what's the main differences between those three bundles, Tony? Uh, the main difference is just the amount of product that's in there in, okay. in the kit. So the starter spark, uh, just one uh, sensor, um, door sensor, um, motion sensor, up to the premium, uh, which has two motion sensors, two um, uh, entry sensors, uh, door sensors and such. Um, gotcha. So it's just a little bit more product in there. But we also have the um, uh, individual items uh, separately. So, you know, stuff like this, um, where they're separate and you can add them on. So if you have you know, four or five doors, um, then you can add as many as you want. So I got to ask, you know, you, you do this and then we're talking and then it was like, there, wait, Travis, there's, there's more stuff and you know, the less is never more, but I really like that you were able to execute this and, and how did it feel when you started getting this out to people and hearing that feedback? It, it feels really good because uh, 
my, my family and myself, um, we're big believers in just kind of doing the right thing um, and helping out where we can. Um, obviously, it's hard to help people um, when you don't have much. Um, so <clears throat> you try to give as much as you can uh, in a, anywhere in life. And um, it just it just makes us feel really good that um, we're able to solve some problems. Um, granted, we're not on the New York uh, Times Square billboards and and all that type of stuff, but we're we're just solving problems where we can meet, uh, where we can help, and and hopefully word of mouth keeps to spread it, keeps spreading it, and we can um, help more people. So it just makes us feel good overall. So this is just one aspect of what Tony Riggs does. What else do you do in business? Because you know, speaking, we're speaking now, but yesterday you were, you know, really on mission, on the move, and you came back and you made time for me today. You're, you're all over the place. So there, there, there's more than just Sparkler. What else is going on? Yeah, so uh, I, I've been in business for 23 years. Um, I have an ed tech company called Need These, and we service the public K-12 sector with technology solutions. Um, I also have a company with my daughter called Embriggs, uh, E-M-B-R-I-G-G-S, um, that we do uh, shirts and hats and bags and swag, embroidery, direct film printing. Um, and actually for veterans, we offer uh, three shirts for near cost um, if they're starting up a biz a business and um, with their logo on it. So we solve the problem there of setup fees, minimum order fees. We just want to help some people out to get their brand out there if they need help. Um, we have a, a nonprofit called My Special World that helps uh, uh, my son who, who runs that nonprofit. Um, it's designed to do entertainment, dancing, and physical activities for special needs kids in the public setting, uh, public school settings. Um, I have an Opportunity Zone fund where we're raising capital to invest in Opportunity Zone manufacturing businesses. Um, I just started my first development uh, on a two-story building, um, so I'm kind of moving into the real estate world. Um, I also have a consulting company where we consult for companies that want to sell to the education market uh, and various others. Uh, we have a startup uh, that we're working on the software right now for veterans um, to enter the um, job market that have skilled trades um, called skilled vets. So we're working on that right now. Um, and that's not released yet, but uh, we're hoping to make it a real simple, easy process for veterans to find jobs in the trades that they like and the employers really understand who they are. So more than just putting your resume out there. Wow, wow, wow. So I don't know, we, we got some time left. Let's start, <laughs> let, let's start with servicing, you know, schools K through 12. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that can't be just, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, go down to Home Depot or CVS and get some stuff and service them, right? You, yeah. there's there's a lot involved in that what's involved with doing that well so so we provide technology to okay. to school so so we like i said we started um, you know 23 years ago and um so it basically we you know find the customers the, the school districts we talk to them we say hey what what kind of problems can we help to solve for you um they say we need security um we need better protection from you know people coming onto the campus so we'll lay out a project plan, figure out uh, how many cameras they need, um, install them, uh, provide the services, set them up, train them on how to use it. Um, and that's just one example. So we do everything from cabling to installations to notebooks to TVs, um, whatever they need. It's, it's usually deep and wide and it's relationship built. Um, so it's not uh, transactional. It's more designed for relationships and understanding what the school needs that fits within their budgets. But with security, well, the reason I'm kind of thinking about this because with security, there, there's perceived an actual value. You know, you, you build a wall and, you know, people think that wall is going to keep bad people out and protect the good inside. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at a site to evaluate it for security, what's your thoughts looking at a building looking at a site is is it budget based okay you've got i don't know a half million dollars a hundred thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars and that's going to dictate what you can do or are there ways to be secure with very common sense approaches to implementing your products always common sense approaches because um the theory of secure like take security cameras for instance it isn't to just put it up everywhere that you can put a camera. The idea is to know who's coming on base and onto your campus and, and, and where they would be coming from. So, you know, the, the idea of security cameras isn't going to necessarily deter somebody for coming on, but it's going to allow you to um, know who's on the campus at any given time, 
go back and follow up on something that may have been out of place. Um, and with the cameras today, you can run uh, AI uh, information on it, so you can you can um, have rules and and uh, procedures in place where somebody's notified if certain things are happening, if a gate is open and such. So so really, the purpose is to give more information to the administrators and the site staff um, so that they know what's going on at any point in time of day on the campus. Instead of after the fact. Speak, speaking of AI, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, I'm kind of playing with is AI and security. Is facial recognition in public schools or public places going to start playing a real part in augmenting security? You know, we can identify potential, you know, bad actor before they even step foot on the premise. And that's actually that's actually a good point. That's what's supposed to be happening for security. You, you should be knowing who's coming onto the campus before they even get to your doors. Um, and that's how we look at it when we're defining security, whether you do license plate readers where depending on how your school layout is, if you have enough time to see the license plate as it's coming on or the type of the car, um, facial recognition. Facial recognition is a little different though because, um, you know, though it may get the the attention that, hey, we're going to see who's coming in. You got to look at the angle that somebody's coming in at, if they're wearing a hat, glasses, I mean, all types of things. So it's a, it's a much more complicated thing than than you setting up a facial, a facial recognition at your office or your business where you know exactly who everybody is and you're using it to log in to get through the doors or, or log in for clocking in the system or something like that. Uh, in a public school, we have lots of people coming in, faces, you know, changing, makeup, glasses, hair, handkerchiefs, all kinds of things. It's a lot more difficult. Um, and you pretty much got to have somebody walk right across. But I think over time uh, with technology, it, it just leapfrog, it leapfrogs so much now that um, things are just going to keep getting better and better. And uh, hopefully they'll be used for good and, and helping out people as opposed to using it for bad. Well, it's really interesting. School security is, is, a, is a topic near and dear to me. Um, they're static locations that they, they, they don't move. And it's kind of like the old fortress uh, security mentality where you, 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 they put moats and drawbridges and stuff like that. And, you know, it worked there for a while. So what I'm trying to get at is threats are always changing. And, and how do you think, you know, you're going to uh, adapt to the, the, the threat landscape changing? Obviously you're going to adapt with new technologies. Yeah. Um, so, so like, like now we're seeing an influx of companies that have uh, self-patrolling drones, um, which are really cool and they're practical. It makes sense. You don't have to have somebody out on site and just happens to, to run across somebody that's trying to hop across a fence and come onto the campus. Um, I personally think one of the most important things in a school district, um, which is not implemented as much as it should be, are um, door sensors and, um, and access control. Unfortunately, there are so many doors in a school that, and it's not, it's not cheap to put uh, access control on all the doors, um, but at least the exterior should have access control. Um, I think that's something that schools should look at a lot more is, is, is um, the ability to get into a school is pretty easy, as sadly as that seems. Um, think about it. You have a friend at school and you're like, hey, prop the door open for me in the morning um, so I can get in. And they'll do it. Friends will do that for each other. Um, and, and the school won't even know it because they have so many doors. But I think that's the most important part as far as adaptation. Uh, you just have to keep educating yourself on what's coming down the pipe. Um, how do you best utilize it to the most practical use? Um, and that's actually a philosophy in our company is we sell on practicality, not uh, on uh, budget. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not practical, we pretty much just dissuade the customer from it or give them the reasons why we don't think it's practical. When, when a lot of people hear that they're working for a school, the dollar signs light up in their eyes. And, and that's a very like different approach to business, Tony. It, what was the reason to stick with that philosophy? It's the right thing to do. Okay. All right. I'm, 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 th that's just odd to hear when, yeah. you know, uh, people look at, you know, municipalities and, and schools as, as, a, as a cash cow. Yeah, it's unfortunate, uh, and it happens a lot. We see it all the time, but um, but we still feel better. We still feel better that we didn't sell them a, an overpriced system, an overpriced device um, that did, you know, 10 things, and you're only going to use one thing out of the 10, um, but you got sold on it. I, I'm, you know, it's, it happens, but 
it doesn't make sense to us. I mean, I use technology in my life through and through. Yeah. I don't, I don't even personally buy stuff that I think is going to um, overpromise and under deliver. So why would we have that philosophy in our company to do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, here's what I'm thinking about as we're talking is you maybe put the cart before the horse, but you have sparkler, right? You have this system now. Mm-hmm. I have to think that a lot of the things you learn from, you know, servicing, you know, school customers figured into making this. I would say, yeah, definitely for the simplicity and, and ease of use, uh, for sure. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to design a product or, or sell a product that's overly complicated. It's going to just cause everybody headaches, the person selling it, the customer using it. Um, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, what's, what's the benefit to that? The benefit is to sell something to somebody and put a smile on their face that they made a good decision. Um, how many times do we hear people buying something and, and they're just unhappy with it. This is just like, I mean, they, you know, they were sold and, and there's a, you know, that's what people do. They sell people stuff and, and uh, really just be honest and be upfront and tell people what it is. I mean, I can, I mean, I can tell you straight up, Sparklert is, is not uh, the, the biggest product in the world out there for security. There's obviously a lot bigger companies, but I can tell you this, um, it's, it's going to be simple. It's going to solve your problem and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg if you don't think it works for you. Well, I want to tell you, Tony, I got, you, so when Tony gave me two of these, I've got an idea for this one, but the second one, I'm going to tell you right now, Tony, is going to be a, a donation slash raffle item at the Veterans Brotherhood Motorcycle Club's annual cabin fever event. So if you're in the South Shore area on February 3rd or 4th, is that, hang on. Oh, that is February 4th, that is Saturday. You can come down to the Whitman, Massachusetts VFW and get in on the raffle for one of these. The same one I'm holding in my hand. And you can check it out and see what you you like. And the money raised for this will go for the I Got Your Six, uh, Two Lives at Once uh, nonprofit. We're very excited about this. So we're going to put this in someone's hands here in Massachusetts. I'm pretty excited about that, Tony. Excellent. Well, I, I mean, I wish I could be there. I'm going to actually be on the opposite coast um, at another military uh, veteran startup uh, group, supporting them. And uh, But I really appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you start off in schools and you started, you know, Spark Alert. And you, I just want to talk for a few minutes, if you would, about the uh, embroidery t-shirt business you have with your daughter. And the reason I want to talk about it is um, a lot of us, you know, will we'll have a, a nonprofit business or event even. We want to make shirts. And you find out really quickly that is its own rabbit hole of confusion and chaos real quick. What are some best practices besides doing business with you that, that someone should do when they go to get their branding done on a shirt? Well, that, that industry has been fun. It's, it's two, about two years old as well. Because uh, remember, we started these businesses with my kids when COVID started. And I would say that um, when I was buying shirts before and swag and hats and bags and all that, um, it always seemed to be way more than I wanted to spend because I have a setup fee, I have a minimum order fee, I have a high shipping fee. And then all of a sudden I'm paying $150 for three shirts. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, come on. So, you know, obviously their incentive is that you order a hundred shirts um, and then they take away all that or it doesn't, it's negligible because you divide it out by a hundred and so on. Um, so when my daughter and I looked at it, she, technically she started a drop shipping company first and we decided to pivot and, and go into this industry because again, we saw a problem. And the problem was that it was just too expensive for startup companies um, and people who wanted to do nonprofits and, and stuff like that. And so um, think about it. You go out and raise $500 uh, for your nonprofit and then you want to do shirts for an event and you got to spend $500 and you're like, that's just not right. I mean, that seems really, really um, not worth it from, from my perspective. So we said, okay, well, here's a problem. Let's, let's see if we can figure this out. And so um, the setup charge, we don't do that for veterans. Um, we don't do that uh, for most people actually. Um, and we don't have a minimum order fee either. 
Um, and, and specifically for veterans, we don't have minimal or fee and um, we offer really deep discounts for veterans. Uh, in fact, we're launching a new website um, and it's just really just a landing page uh, called vet to biz uh, VET, the number two B-I-Z, um, which we will, um, dot com, which we'll have on there for veterans specifically, that they can get three shirts for almost nothing um, and ship to them with their business logo and brand on it. Um, but, you know, when you're out looking for this, the, the, the margins um, are rather high on this for the businesses doing this. Um, so pricing ranges um, in a lot of places, um, you know, but <laughs> there's not a really good answer if you're not going to somebody that's going to waive yeah. the service fees and the minimum order fees, because almost all of them charge that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I understand why, you know, there's, you know, uh, different orders and different processes, but, but we didn't go into it with the aspect of we're going to make a whole bunch of money off of a bunch of veterans and, and people who need to get their businesses started. We went into with the aspect of, hey, we need to solve a problem. The problem is if you want three shirts to go to a trade show, it's going to cost you 75 bucks, 50, 75, 100 bucks. And it shouldn't. You know, it should cost you, if you want 30 shirt, three shirts, it cost you 30 bucks or so. Um, why 75? Why 100? Um, but um, that was what we we're trying to solve. And uh, I think we're doing it and we're going to continue moving forward to it. Um, when we started the business, we would just give three shirts to any veteran business that wanted to start up. Um, but, uh, and occasionally we'll still do that. We'll give a shirt or two, um, to help, a to help a startup going, uh, to get going and have their brand somewhere. Um, awesome. and it's a fun feeling when you get your brand on a shirt, there's, yeah, there's, you know, it gives you a positive, uh, momentum and, and, uh, you didn't go broke doing it. <laughs> awesome. You have the spark alert you, you did with one, one of your children, the, right. the shirt business. And then the third <clears throat> the thing, the third you did one is. Yep. The third one is called My Special World. It's a nonprofit. So it's a 501c3. Um, and uh, my son has special needs. And uh, he broke down all kinds of barriers in school. He was a student body spirit director. He was um, on a, a student council spirit director. Um, he ran track. He he did all kinds of things. But uh, one thing he would constantly tell me and, mo and mom was, um, you know, we'd go to these assemblies and and um, they would a, either put us in the back um, with, with all the special needs kids, or we wouldn't go to the assembly at all. So, um, we said, okay, well, let's figure out what you wanted to do, what you want to do in life. And he's like, well, I want a business with, um, he just graduated high school last year. And he was like, I want a business like my brother and sister. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out how we can do this. So, um, that's one thing he really liked. He, so he started dancing on TikTok, doing lives. Um, he's got, uh, I think he's at 63,000 followers now. All right. <laughs> He dances live on TikTok, like hardcore, like hardcore dancing, fully sweat everything for like an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and he does it Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And so um, obviously we have to have a sustainable future for him. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's look at a nonprofit, see if we can turn that in, turn this into something. So we hired a Marine um, called Mission Makers out of uh, the East Coast to help us set up a nonprofit. Um, we got that set up and, uh, and then we built a sustainability model with it where we um, actually sell a curriculum to schools. Um, and so the schools will actually pay a curriculum, but then we donate money back into the nonprofit and then the nonprofit can go into the schools that can't afford um, the curriculum and or kids that are at home uh, with special needs issues, um, he could actually get together with them and, and do entertainment and dancing with them. So the idea is when he goes into the schools, the special needs kids get a VIP treatment, red carpet, red rope and everything um, in front instead of being put at the back or out of the way or not attend at all. So again, we saw a problem. We try to solve the problem and uh, that's where we're at right now. So having fun with it though. Awesome. Awesome. Just as we close down here, what's it like being able to do all this as a father with your children like this? Best feeling in the world. Uh, yeah. I don't have to worry about um, work-life balance or nothing. They they may get tired of me all the time, but um, you know, me and my wife are around them all the time. Um, it's it's just a great feeling to to be able to you know get get them going in life and 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 help them out. I'm not gonna say it's easy. You know, getting young adults to do stuff is uh, is always a challenge. We were all young at one time, and uh, we did, probably didn't do what people asked us to do either. Um, but it's a, it's a good feeling. It's especially even a better feeling when they work together to do something. Um, so, so that's even a better feeling because after we're long gone, they're still going to be around and, um, 
and we want them to continue being happy and trusting each other and, and helping each other grow. You have all this stuff going on now and you've come from this, you know, Marine Corps experience to building this, you know, life for yourself. You know, what, what's, what's going to happen or what are you, what are you looking to have happen in 2023? I mean, you're off to a fast start, but you know, what's on the, what's on the horizon? Uh, for 2023, I'm, I'm probably most excited about our new development of building a commercial building. Um, I think that's really exciting. And, uh, the town that we picked to do this in is also the town that we've picked to do an opportunity zone and build a hotel and an opportunity zone through my opportunity zone fund. Um, I think that's huge because a, we're going to give something the town needs and wants, um, in there, which is a hotel, which can provide, um, all their workers places to, to stay short term. Um, but I think just the success of completing something, um, is, is what I'm looking forward to. And, um, you know, every, every, every day, you know, you should set goals for yourself all day, every day, and you'll just become accustomed to winning and, and enjoying life. And, and, uh, you got to have your BHAGs, but you know, your big, hairy, audacious goal, but you still need to have micro goals that you win all the time. Um, and so, um, 2023, I'm looking to, to close out some of these things we're going, uh, I'm really excited about hopefully launching skilled vets in 2023, because I think that'll be fun. Um, and it'll connect a lot of veterans that kind of get dropped off because they didn't go into tech or medical out of the, out of the military. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people find out more about all this stuff? Well, besides, you know, you right now here on Oscar Mike radio, but what links or information can I put into the show post to point people toward your direction? So probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is um, on my LinkedIn uh, profile. And it's just Tony Riggs, LinkedIn. And then, it's, it's Tony Riggs, uh, I have a blue background behind my picture. Um, I am uh, pretty open to talking to any veteran. You send me a, a connection request and you're a veteran um, that we're gonna connect anyways. And and uh, we'll have an opportunity to hop on Zoom and talk. And if I can help you uh, to make uh, precise, quick and scalable uh, decisions on on starting a business or anything else in life, I can, if I can share information that might help you, um, then, then let's hop on zoom, uh, or a phone call and, and I'm willing to help out where I can. And that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, one of the things is about being able to not just, you know, make money, but also give of yourself to build those relationships. I think it's a, a part people miss. Mm -hmm. I also mentor on Veterati as well. So if, oh, yeah? uh, if anybody goes to Veterati or knows about it, uh, V E T A R T I, um, it's a mentoring group for veterans. Um, you can also schedule to, you know, be in there with me as well. And I believe it's like an hour long phone call. So bring questions because um, I can talk for an hour, but I'd rather answer your questions. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, we have talked for about an hour and it's, it's just, I think I feel like I just scratched the surface with you, Tony. And uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty amazing. So again, you know, I'm talking with Tony Riggs, Marine Corps veteran. And this, one of his latest things is the spark alert system which you can get at the Veterans Brotherhood VMC Cabin Fever. If you come and, you know, put your, you know, little name, little ticket in the pot to raise money for I Got Your Six, two, you know, Two Lives at Once. So you can check out this, check out all your stuff on the Oscar Mick Radio Show Post. And Tony, I want to say thank you for coming on and meeting with me. We thank just you. got connected through LinkedIn, and I'm like, well, this just seems like the kind of thing I want to, I want, I want to, you know, find out more about somebody who's actually taken their military experience and turned into this amazing life. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, and certainly appreciate you as well. Um, the voice of veterans is, um, is, is always needs help. And the fact that you can do a podcast and you can get uh, veterans to share the word out there about, uh, our successes, um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of successful veterans, um, I just heard the other day that uh, out of Fortune 500 companies, 163 are headed up by Marines. Um, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if the rest, you know, are, are other veteran branches, but that's a pretty impressive number um, out of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, so you know, we have a lot to offer to a lot of people, and um, and I and I appreciate the fact that you you acknowledge that and and get the word out and. Uh, and um, it's, uh, you know, just wanted to say thank you. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be here uh, again. I, I was really pumped going through this. And look, ladies and gentlemen, it is Marine proof. <laughs> Marine proof. So 
you know, I'll have all the links in the Oscar McRio show post. You can support a, a veteran in your, you know, country, state, and community right now. Tony, I wish you all the best, and this won't be the last time we talk. And uh, as we say in Oscar Mike Radio, we are mission in flight. Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath-laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states, at sea and abroad. Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering, or donating to a local sponsor group. Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.